Hello, my name is Justin Smith. I am the Family Life Pastor at Smithville Mennonite Church, and I have the privilege of sharing with you this morning uh, from a passage of scripture that is very uh, impactful to me. Psalm 121. The title for the message I'll be uh, speaking to you on today is A Watchful Eye on the Journey. A Watchful Eye on the Journey. What journey have you been on? What journey are you currently on? And you know, there are two types of journeys. Both can teach us lessons, but both are different. When we talk about a journey, my mind usually goes to a journey that the pilgrims took to get to the United States, or a journey that Christopher Columbus took on the way to our country. I'm not sure why my mind goes there, but probably because when I hear about the word journey, I immediately think about something that's intense, that's long, and that's historic. But in reality, we take journeys all the time. It might be to the grocery store. And for some, a journey to the grocery store fits all of the parts of a journey in my mind. It can be intense, it can be long, and it can be historic. A journey can be a physical traveling adventure that accomplishes some kind of purpose, whether it be enjoyment, work, or obligation. I want to tell you about a physical journey that I went on not too long ago. I had a chance to go salmon fishing. It was a summer of my junior year in college, and I got accepted into an internship at a church in Alaska. A teen and some of his buddies asked me if I would like to go salmon fishing with them on the Russian River. I thought that would be a blast, so we did. Before I left, my supervisor pulled me aside and handed me a pistol. Taken back, I asked, what am I supposed to do with this thing? He said, just trust me, you will want to have it. I thought, well, this is just great. So I put the pistol in my front pocket of my waders. The drive to the Russian River was amazing and was very long. Nowhere in Alaska is fast to get to. I remember passing some moose and some brown bear on the way. Finally, we got to the Russian River and started fishing. In no time, we caught our limit. And during our fishing time, uh, there was a ranger that came by just to see how we were going, and how we were doing, and how things were going. I got a little freaked out because, well, you know, I have this gun on me, and I have no concealed carry license. But then I thought, it probably doesn't matter a whole lot. I'm in Alaska. After we were done fishing, some of the guys I was with uh, started filleting the fish, which was really cool to see, but really was not a great idea. Because you see, there are some animals that have a very good sense of smell, one of those being bear. And what do you think we saw swimming towards us from across the river? It was a grizzly bear. Now I knew why my supervisor gave me the pistol. After keeping the bear away, uh, I went up to get something from our gear, and there 
there was another bear just rummaging around our stuff. Thankfully, uh, it got scared away when he heard me come up to our, our area. So after a, a great day of fishing, we packed our stuff up and we were on our way. That was a fun traveling journey that I had, but there's another kind of journey that can be inward as well. What if you're on a, a journey to become more emotionally healthy? Or maybe a journey to develop some better and healthier habits in your life. Or maybe it's a journey toward reconciliation. A journey can be also one that you personally take. Or maybe it's with a group that affects your life either positively or negatively. So I want to tell you a little personal journey that I am on. I've always, had, I've always struggled with being consistent with my daily devotions and prayer. Mostly because I've struggled to know how best I connect with God. As I grew up, I thought there was one way to do these things. But soon I realized that there's not really a cookie cutter way to connect with God. I kept getting frustrated with how I felt at times after devotions and prayer. I felt like I wasn't making any headway or significant connections. Then I was told about a book that I'm currently going through called Sacred Pathways by Gary Thomas. This book helps us see that there are many different ways to connect with God that are just as meaningful as the rest. And while getting frustrated uh, that one way was not working, I began exploring other ways to connect with God, and it was such a breath of fresh air. I was caught in the one-size-fits-all mindset of connecting with God. I felt like I was not living up to my Christian responsibility to connect with Him if it was not done in a specific way. I'm glad that we're all not we're not all wired together uh, the same way, and that God has provided different modes for us to connect with Him. Years of struggling are now replaced with freedom and permission in this area of my life. So you see, journeys happen to us all the time. We may uh, even be on a journey right now and not realize it. Soon enough, we'll either realize or be confronted that we are on a journey. The ones that we initiate can be some of the most fun, but some of the others that we may be on that we don't initiate can be pretty hard. But whether the journey comes to us because of our initiation or not, they're ones that would benefit us the most to go through and come out better on the other side. It's easy to do um, when we're, that's easy to do when we're on like a physical journey to the beach while resting and relaxation is almost a nearly impossible to avoid. It's another story altogether when journeys takes us on a path of challenge. I think it would do us good this uh, this morning to focus on these journeys. You know, we shouldn't embark on any journey alone, but it's very evident on, on challenging journeys. It's great when we can anticipate challenging journeys so that we can prepare for them and know the road that is, that is ahead of us a little bit. But that isn't always the case, is it? Some of you know that... Uh, you may be on a very challenging journey right now, and it's hard to say the least. 
I'm thankful that at least one person knows about every journey that we've been on. God knows about every journey we have ever been on, we're currently on, and that we will be on. I'm thankful that our psalm for this morning is one that reminds us of God's will, uh, that God will help us in our journey, and that he watches over us. So if you have your Bibles handy, I'm going to encourage you to go ahead and turn to Psalm chapter 121 with me, and we will read it together. Psalm chapter 121. I lift my eyes to the hills. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. He will not let your foot slip. He who watches over you will not slumber. Indeed, he who watches over Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord watches over you. The Lord is your shade at your right hand. The sun will not harm you by day, nor the moon by night. The Lord will keep you from all harm. He will watch over your life. The Lord will watch all over your coming and going, both now and forevermore. So let's get a little bit of background on this psalm, if we could. Um, it's a little bit different than some, most of the other psalms. It's the second one in a collection of 15 psalms that are titled Of the Ascents. And this one in particular is anonymous. It's accepted, though, that the psalms uh, were written by tra a traveler, and that a traveler who was on their way to Jerusalem to attend a pilgrimage feast or pilgrimage festival. While this was a physical journey, we're shown some significant spiritual implications to it. So let's go down a couple verses at a time and explore what this psalm says to us again. I want to read verses 1 and 2 to you again. I lift my eyes to the hills. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. So this traveler uses hills to see... Uh, that he sees an opportunity to praise God. Since most scholars believe that this traveler was on his way to Jerusalem for the, one of those festivals, it's likely that he would encounter hills along the way. There aren't many places in Israel where you wouldn't, be, wouldn't uh, see a hill or be on a hill and where you wouldn't see a hill in the distance. The pilgrimage he was on was a command of Jews in the Torah. And so they would it be expected to make at least three pilgrimages to Jerusalem for different types of festivals? These pilgrimages aren't required of Jews today because the command changed after the destruction of the temple in Jerusalem in 70 AD. And if you have visited Ramsire Farm before, I did in the fall, and there's a particular time, uh, a week, during that where you will see, I have seen, uh, many Jewish families just enjoying each other and spending time together. And it was during one of their festivals, during the festival of Sukkot. And this was a, a celebration of the harvest. And it is a festival where work is prohibited. And it lasts a whole week. Yeah, you know, that sounds pretty good to me. But each festival had a particular purpose and focus for celebration and Thanksgiving, which required them to be phys uh, to physically be in Jerusalem. Without diminishing these festivals for Jewish people, I want to try and compare the experience that they would have 
with the experiences that we may have as Christians. The Jewish people looked forward to these festivals, and it was an experience that they used to draw closer to God. And that's a very similar approach that we have in experiences that uh, we would experience during like revival services or going to church camp for a week. Uh, while there are differences, I think we can compare these experiences in some way. We meet God differently and uniquely when we are immersed in his presence in a focused way. And I think the same goes for Jewish people during these festivals. So an important point in these first two verses is that the traveler's arrival in Jerusalem wasn't what let him feel close to God and protected him. He saw the hills and his journey ahead of him and had the realization that God is with him now in the same way that he would be with him when he arrived in Jerusalem, in the same way that he is with him at home. I wonder how many of us see the journey ahead and think, who is going to help me through this? How many of us anticipate God to be more protective, more present, and more involved in our lives in particular places or particular times? We tend to think that God is more involved in our lives at particular times or show up more, show up in impactful ways like a camp or during a revival. Or when difficult things happen in our lives, we tend to ask, where is God? This traveler is anticipating the journey before him. He knows it will not be easy, but he also knows that the journey must be taken. So maybe this morning you're like the traveler. You can see the journey ahead of you and you can see that it's going to be hard. But you know that there's no way around it. God is not on the other side of your journey waiting for you to arrive. He is with you now in the midst of your journey, offering protection help, and love. The traveler easily pointed to the creator God as the one who helps us along our journey. We too, uh, we can too because that we know that he is invested in us and cares about us. So let's continue in Psalm 121 with verses 3 and 4. He will not let your foot slip. He who watches over you will not slumber. Indeed, he who watches over Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. Have you ever been ice skating before? Or maybe you've been trying this winter uh, at some point, getting to your vehicle, skating on ice on your driveway. I've been in those spots before, and it's far from a safe feeling of stability. The traveler goes on to say that God will never let our foot slip. We think about the, his traveling, you know, there would be many places that his foot would physically slip. But just as he looked beyond the hills to God, he is looking beyond the slipping. If we fix our gaze on God, he will not let our foot slip. We can also think of it, of it, of it as he will help us to stand firm. And there are a ton of passages that talk about standing firm. For example, standing firm in our faith, on God's word, in times of trial, and grace, and so many more. But most importantly is, I think, what we read in Ephesians chapter 6. We read that we must put on the armor of God so that we can stand firm against the darts of the evil one. This tells us we must find a place to stand by trusting in God and looking toward him 
And then his promise is that we, he will not let our foot slip. So maybe we take a moment and reflect on our journey. You feel like your foot is slipping? That you're on solid ice and maybe there's no firm place to stand? You know, I don't believe for one minute that it's because God is not present. I know for me, when I feel like my foot slips, it's because I tend to put too much focus on the journey. It seems insurmountable. But on God, who can keep my feet planted firmly. And on the journey, a watchful eye is always on us. I love the way that a commentator puts it. If the, the traveler is so absorbed with God and how he keeps us and watches over us, that he barely talks about the dangers that it could encounter. Six times in this short psalm, the Hebrew word shamar is used, which means to keep or to watch over. And he is referring to how God watches over us in our journeys. And to go further, the traveler says multiple times in this psalm that he does not slumber or sleep. God is referred to as a watchman in this psalm, as one who is always aware, always protecting, and always ready. And a watchman is never overcome with sleepiness. I'm reminded of a passage in the Bible where Elijah was confronted, confronting the prophets of Baal on Mount Carmel. The story goes that Elijah and the prophets were debating on whose God was more powerful. They each called on their God to send fire from heaven to burn up wood. When Baal didn't respond to the prophets, Elijah said, maybe Baal is sleeping and needs to be awakened. And then in the next moment, God sends fire from heaven and burnt up the water-soaked wood. Our God never sleeps and is always watching his children, especially in their time of need. So let's continue on in verses 5 and 6. The Lord watches over you. The Lord is your shade at your right hand. The sun will not harm you by day, nor the moon by night. The traveler again says that God watches over us, but describes it a little bit differently than the previous verses. He talks about two things that no matter where you are, they will affect you, the sun and the moon. Along the journey, the traveler most likely was faced with the heat of the day from the sun. Depending on where you are in Israel, it can be very brutal. While some things along the journey can be avoided, the heat of the day and the cool of the night cannot. The traveler refers back to God as caring for him along the journey to be his shade. We see that same protection of the Israelites when they were in the wilderness, a pillar of cloud by day, do you remember? But when a display of protection we, we're shown here, in essence, saying that the sun will not harm you by day nor the moon by night is that God has us covered at all times. He's watching over and protecting us from the visible hardships of the day and the concealed ones at night. There is not a time in our life when God is not watching over us and protecting us. It can also be seen as a refresher or a relief. Along your journey, do you need to be reminded that God refreshes you and relieves you? Journeys can be tiresome, exhausting, and can beat us down. But when, when we rely on God, he will revive us along the journey. 
We need replenishment. If we try to go without it, we will fail. We aren't meant to journey alone. So do you need replenishment? Are you seeking replenishment? It would be a wise thing to journey with the one who can protect, replenish, and relieve our battered selves along the journey. So I want to finish up with verses 7 and 8. The Lord will keep you from all harm. He will watch over your life. The Lord will watch over your coming and going, both now and forevermore. The traveler takes us deeper still. The traveler comes to be, seems to be reflecting on the harm that could come. And traveling in Israel wasn't always the safest endeavor. There were physical dangers. But I think the physical dangers of his journey reminds him of the spiritual dangers of our life. At least it does for us. He shares that evil will come in our lives. It's inevitable. And I think we all know that. But what is promised is a well-armed life. That in all we do, we will be protected and watched over. What I think is key in this section is that we are watched over in our coming and our going. Some scholars believe that the traveler is talking about from birth until death. Uh, some other scholars believe that it's talking about what we choose to do within the scope of Scripture. And, you know, maybe it's both. The comprehensive feeling that overwhelms us by these verses is not an accident. The traveler moves from where, from where is my help to uh, God is our help and he is not sleeping to he is still our help in the unavoidable things of our lives. And then he lands with he is still our help in the choices that we make for our lives. You know, we're dumped with choices so many times a day. Some are more crucial and hold more weight than others. But whatever the choice and whatever we find ourselves, the promise of God helping us and watching over our lives speaks loudly. God's watchful eyes on our journey, both now and forever. You know, I'm thankful for this psalm. I'm thankful that it's a more positive one and a reassuring one. If some psalms aren't like that, and that's okay. Psalms are meant for raw feelings and emotions to come out in the form of songs and poems. But this one today was one that leaves us feeling reassured. We feel reassured that God is watching over us and helping us. Do you feel that today? Do you believe that today? What do you need to do in your life to get to that point of believing that? I'll leave you with that challenge this morning. Let's pray. God, thank you for this morning. Thank you for your love and for your goodness. Thank you for your word in Psalm 121, for your promise of watching over us, for your promise of being armed and being protected. God, I pray that you would go with us today, each one, that you would help us to see that you are with us, you are watching over us, you are helping us, and you are protecting us. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for this morning and for listening, and hope you have a blessed day.